Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Own. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, our Wisconsin farmers are definitely getting ahead as far as planting is concerned. As of Sunday, 90% of our corn in the ground, 83% of our soybeans already planted. Both those numbers well beyond two weeks ahead of our five-year average. That's just one of the tidbits we're talking about on this Tuesday. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Glad to have you along with us. I'm also glad to have along with us this morning John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. He'll give us a little perspective on what's happening with these markets and where we're headed for the rest of this week. Remember, we've got a long weekend coming up and a lot of traders that are anxious to uh, get out of Dodge and get out there and enjoy time with their friends and family. So we'll talk with John about that before we wrap it up today. It does look like we've got a pretty good chance of thunderstorms developing this afternoon. Daytime highs right around 80 degrees. Tomorrow, cooling down to around 72 with sunny skies. Thursday, more rain in the forecast and 55. And Friday, maybe another good chance of uh, showers, probably right around midday on Friday. 52 are expected high. Stu Muck's got our ag weather details coming up. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. If you've been following the news, you have seen that some major retail stores have been actually fining their suppliers for not giving them full loads of food and product to put on the shelves. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And with the COVID pandemic, this supply chain has really been disrupted. And uh, Pam, you go to the grocery stores and, and you can see that there's space on the shelves that normally isn't there. Yeah, I think people thought once the pandemic was at bay, you would no longer see empty store shelves and uh, food supplies would no longer be an issue. But like you said, Bob, that is not the case. The uh, raw supply side of what a lot of food uh, producers a lot of processors are needing is still short and trying to be replenished. And that doesn't just stop at the grocery store. We're hearing it from the agribusiness side of things, fertilizer, herbicides, parts for our tractors and planters. Uh, things are still in short supply. I talked about all this with Brandon Schultz. He is the executive director of the Wisconsin Grocers Association. And he said, you know, there's so many questions that consumers still have about why can't I get my can of soup. Why can't I find my type of uh, uh, beverage? Well, it is. It's about the supply shortage on the producer side. So we talked about it, and he updated me on the questions they're fielding from consumers. Why empty shelves still at your grocery stores? You hit it right on the nose, and the question that people have when they go to the grocery store, they go, so 14 months, the pandemic started to be over, there's still holes on the shelves. Well, as a matter of fact, there are, and, and it's and it's a huge problem in the grocery industry because it goes from the very beginning where you have the growers and 
and the producers and the manufacturers and, and our friends in the farming community, you know, they can only produce so much with the raw materials that they have and with the workforce that they've had. And and people have heard this time and time again, and that is everybody's having a hard time hiring people to get people to work. And, and it's a problem in the grocery side, too. So when you hear that uh, you know, grocers may not be able to fully stock their meat counter with poultry with chickens, or you see some uh, empty holes in the soup uh, the soup uh, counter or the bread counter, or wherever it is in the store. Grocers are still having trouble getting full loads of product delivered from their suppliers in in pretty much most of the categories. And it's not because somebody isn't doing their job; it's because we have a problem with the workforce uh, up and down the supply chain. We don't have enough people to work in any one of these businesses, and we still have a problem with raw materials. So when you're looking at, at, at holes in the shelves, you got to think about where does that product come from and how do we get it there? Now, from a long term, we certainly hope that as the summer goes through and federal benefits start to expire in September, that people will uh, who may be making you know more uh, sitting at home than they are uh, working, but when those benefits start to expire, they're going to look for jobs. And certainly the grocery industry has got its doors wide open for people to come back to work, but so do the manufacturers and others that can that can uh, put these products together and have them shipped to stores so people can buy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you noticing, when we had initially started talking, Brandon, you blew my mind on how many different shortages grocery stores were trying to manage through and that companies were making decisions because of aluminum can shortages that certain flavors of pop weren't going to be made. And like you mentioned, certain cans of soup weren't going to be available as much. Are you still figuring that that's in motion? Yes, it is. And in, in fact, uh, you know, you look at the folks in manufacturing and production have to put that together. And again, you go, it's a raw materials problem, and it still isn't a problem that has been resolved. So there were changes in the types, uh, or there changes in what products were manufactured and sent to grocers for their customers to buy. And over time, uh, shoppers sometimes started to get used to the fact that they may not have found their favorite label uh, on the shelf. And they found another product that they substituted. And, and I think the substitution process has become easier for customers, uh, knowing that they're just going to have to, you know, they're going to have to go with what's on the shelves. Because unlike years past, you know, these grocery stores anywhere in the country that you go to aren't sitting with the same sort of things they had in the shelves. So that's going to continue on for a while. We're going to see it. Now, whether they bring back some of those products that were discontinued in the manufacturing process is yet to be seen. We're still, as an industry in the grocery side, we're, we're still dealing with the pandemic. Just because somebody says you may not have to wear a mask today doesn't mean that uh, all of the situations that grocers have been dealing with, along with their supplier partners, have been resolved. It's still going to take time. Yeah. And uh, as far as employees, I almost dread to hear what our grocers have had to do to try to bring on new uh, folks and keep the regular employees around. Well, uh, we would love to bring on new folks if if we could get them to hire them. But unfortunately, too many people wanted to stay at home uh, during this period when there was lots of unemployment benefits out there. But uh they never kind of let up doing that, whether they offered incentive pay. I know during the pandemic, there was uh, big grocers were paying hero pay. They were trying to make sure their 
salaried people got extra money because instead of working 70 hours a week, they were working 80 hours a week. But they, you know, I, I know many stores will have an incentive with their employees to say, if you could find somebody to come work here, we'll, we'll pay you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those incentives are all out there. Uh, you know, they're trying to compete on an hourly wage. Uh, there are many employers in the grocery side and others that are offering uh, above what they may have been paying on a minimum wage to bring, bring people into the store to compete. They have to compete against some of the manufacturing companies. There's a company in Milwaukee offering $28 an hour for one of their manufacturing jobs. They can't even fill those jobs. So there's lots of competition out there in terms of of compensation, hourly rates, bonuses, benefits, and those things. But we've got to get people that want to come to work. And it's, it's not just grocers. It's convenience stores. It's grocery stores. It's manufacturing plants, hardware stores. You name it, it's up and down the line. Well, and you make a good point also, Brandon. Brandon Schultz, along with us, he's the executive director of Wisconsin Grocers Association. Uh, this There's a, a whole pattern here that people need to pay attention to now. Prices are going up on things, especially like the proteins that we were talking about, chicken, beef, pork, etc. Wages for those employees going up just to try to entice them in. And you ultimately are reminding people this could turn into a pretty fast paced inflation situation quick. Well, Pam, you're absolutely right. In fact, we're right we're right at that right now. If you started to look back at February and March, inflation numbers, producer price index, and all those uh, all those metrics that help us have some sense of where our economy is going, we're seeing price increases coming. Um, and too often when when people read or hear about CPI, the consumer price index increase, and they think that, that retailers are increasing the price of tennis shoes and blue jeans and bread, butter, eggs, and everything else on the shelves. The fact is that most retailers at the retail level do what they can to try and hold those price increases down by not passing them on. But anybody that's familiar with retail, and I don't care what sector you're in, there's only so long you can go before you can't absorb those price increases from your suppliers. And that's the time when you're going to have to pass those price increases on to your customers. Nobody that has customers come in the door want to raise prices. Most people that sell products to retailers don't want to raise prices. But when you're faced with higher wage rates because of a because you don't have enough people to work, increased raw material supply price because it's it's hard to get that out, manufacturing process and everything else that goes with it, you're going to have price increases. Now, again, it, it's not a permanent thing necessarily. Our country, and through the Federal Reserve and others, um, does a really good job in maintaining inflation to the best they can. So it's not like we're, we've got a runaway inflation train that's going to uh, just, you know, drive prices way, 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 way up. You're going to see changes in prices, but again, hopefully, uh, we can hold inflation in check in this country while we work through this period. But you're going to see some price fluctuation. There's just there's just no way to get away from it. Yeah, you know, let's talk a little bit about another transition that was made, and I think it's probably going to stick around. How about this uh, curbside advance uh, notice delivery, whatever, those new systems that grocers had to pivot towards, Brandon, to try to keep customers safe? You think most grocers, grocery stores are going to keep those patterns? Are they going to get, put more emphasis on the online curbside experience? What do you see developing there? Well, the pandemic certainly changed the way retail does its business. Um, there's an old phrase that says retail is detail. 
Well, it is detailed because you have to pay attention to what your customers want. And customers have been the ones that have set the pace in terms of how they're going to shop. We saw a huge increase in online shopping and curbside uh, pickup. Uh, We call it click and collect. It's really easy. Click and collect. And so customers have changed their shopping patterns. And while the, the online business that we experienced a year ago has subsided a bit, it's more than doubled and tripled in terms of what retailers, grocers had for their for their online business before. So we see online continuing to be popular with shoppers. Um, we see grocers are managing it better because they know what their customers want. They're able to shop and have those products available uh, maybe in the day or two rather than four days that it took last time. But online shopping is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. We hope in Wisconsin that we can eventually add uh, to our home delivery process, uh, home delivery of beer, wine, or spirits, which you can now do when you order online and pick up at the store. We'd like to extend that to home delivery as well. But online shopping is here to stay, and uh, it's it's a growing part of a retailer's business. But it's a new part of their business, and so they're always looking to find a way to do it better. Brandon Schultz, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Grocers Association. So much like production agriculture, especially at this time of the year, it's all about finding employees. And that's the same kind of challenge that our Wisconsin grocers continue to face. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Neon, day glow, flashing lights, special effects. Today's world puts our sense of sight on overload. Luckily, there are places we can go to refocus our senses. Our national wildlife refuges. It's a wonder how much you'll see once all the distractions fade away. You may see a lone eagle soaring past massive snow-capped mountains. Or a great horned owl perched stoically on a branch nearby. You may see the furry face of a baby sea otter curiously poking its head out of the dark blue sea, or ancient rocks shaped by centuries of wind. When you see these things, you're seeing the world the way we found it. With over 500 refuges across America, you don't have to go far to make a special connection with nature. Learn more at fws.gov refuges. That's fws.gov refuges. Are you one of the 100 million Americans that suffer from chronic pain? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. I want you to know about a natural alternative called Cura Relief. Inflammation is the root of your pain. Nutrients in Cura Relief like Bospir and BCM Curcumin are two of the most therapeutic anti-inflammatories on the globe. 9 out of 10 people feel a difference in less than 45 minutes. No matter what kind of pain you have, back pain, muscle pain, joint pain, arthritis... I am on a mission to educate the community on natural alternatives that work. For less than $2 per day, you can stop the pain and the drugs naturally with Cura Relief. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup. Or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. 
Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, and the story this morning is all about weather. Let's talk about it. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. So uh, I see an awful lot of chances of rain in the forecast coming up, Stu. Uh, that may be good news. We got a lot of corn and beans in the ground. We could use a little rain. How widespread and what kind of volumes are we expecting? Well, we're looking at a couple of waves here, Pam, and the first one of these should cover a good part of the state, but isn't going to be very heavy, and that'll be around timing out mostly into this afternoon and evening, and we're not talking about inches of rain. We're talking a tenth of an inch or two, not enough to cause a real big problem. For some folks, it was excessive rain, I hear, yet from the weekend, but we'll be adding just a little bit around for today. Still with the very warm air, still sounding like summer, no doubt at all, there's going to be a cool front. That drops through out of the northwest, still off the northwest edge of Wisconsin. It should pull away from the southeast part of the state as we head toward this time tomorrow. And that's when rain ends for a time. The next low moves east in the central U.S. And I expect it will bring some rain back our way. And that's going to happen as we look on toward Thursday in the afternoon, Thursday night. Could be a little more sizable. Could be up to a quarter to half inch of rain by that time. But that rain also comes with much cooler temperatures. We'll cool down a bit for tomorrow. We'll notice it's a lot cooler Thursday and Friday. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All right, buddy, let's have some more details on that forecast. And it does look like temperatures are going to take a turn, too. They are going to turn here for the end of the week to the cool side. Let's put it that way. Uh, Today, maybe a sprinkle or two this morning yet at Mauston over toward Oshkosh, Fond du Lac possibly beaver dam that's not going to be long lasting otherwise partly sunny and breezy today with the redevelopment of a scattered shower or a thunderstorm into the afternoon low 80s today southwest winds 5 to 15 gusting to 30 few scattered showers or a possible storm into the night and mostly cloudy overnight down in the low 60s southwest winds 5 to 15 gust to 30 rain today a tenth of an inch or two that's about all mostly sunny wednesday a fine day mid 70s Northwest winds at 5 to 10. That next system edges in. Mostly cloudy Thursday. Afternoon showers most likely. Look for temps in the upper 50s with east winds at 5 to 15. The rain Thursday and Thursday night, Pam, adding up in a quarter, even a half inch range. Thunderstorms could mean heavier rain. And then by Friday, Still some clouds, but low 50s for highs. That's a big swing from low 80s today to low 50s by Friday, Pam. And that 30 degrees, I think, will be pretty noticeable. Are we, uh, what about overnight lows? We're not getting spooky again, are we? 
No, 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 no. Maybe an upper 30 Friday night, maybe. But uh, we're just going to have some awful cool days all of a sudden. All right, because we got a lot of corn and soybeans that are poking the... Poking their little heads out of the ground, and we don't need to threaten them. No, no, we don't need to do that, but okay. it, it is just cool air, and yeah. you know, make the best of it. I guess, yeah, for sure. All right, buddy, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. All right, see you then. Stumach is our ag meteorologist with all the weather details you need at this time of the day, and of course, uh, that's what it's all about here on the farm show, keeping you up to date on what's happening with the weather, such a critical part of our industry. How is the market reacting to the latest crop progress report and weather? We'll be talking about it. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Bandana, check. Boots, check. Gloves, check. As a motorcycle rider in Wisconsin, you may go to great lengths to protect your image. Just be sure you're protecting yourself, too. Wear a Department of Transportation-approved helmet. Perform safety checks in your motorcycle. Know the traffic laws and don't take risks. Motorists and motorcyclists can work together to achieve zero preventable deaths on Wisconsin roads. Zero in Wisconsin. Together, we can save lives. Learn more at ZeroInWisconsin.gov. Sponsored by the Wisconsin DOT. When someone breaks important safety rules and drives negligently, a crash is often the result. If you're caught in a crash because another driver broke the rules, it can feel unfair, and for good reason. It's not fair when you're injured through no fault of your own. It's not fair when your life is now very different. We can help. At Clifford and Rihala, after decades of helping people injured because someone else broke the rules, we know what you're going through and we're ready to stand by you. Here you'll find caring, compassionate attorneys committed to helping you recover everything you've lost. If you've been in a crash, call Clifford and Rihala for a free consultation on your injury claim. We'll fight to make things right so that now you're treated fairly. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevick's 
for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. There have been multiple instances of scammers impersonating Madison police officers and detectives. A 27-year-old man told officers he was contacted by MPD officer Rick Foster and the caller ID displayed the MPD North District's main number. The victim was asked to send money through a money app. The victim later confirmed with MPD that this was a scam and nobody by the name of Rick Foster is employed with MPD. These types of calls are scams with people impersonating the authorities and conjuring up different schemes to fool people into giving them money. Remember, scammers can spoof your caller ID. Please visit the Federal Trade Commission Consumer Information website for more details on these types of scams and steps you can take to protect yourself. If you have any information regarding similar scams, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger. Just like you could by giving a pint of blood. The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you. Whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy. Brewers trade two relievers to Tampa Bay for a shortstop and a right-handed pitcher. So the Brewers uh, sent away J.P. Fireisen and Drew Rasmussen in exchange for a shortstop, Willie Adamas, and right-handed pitcher Trevor Richards. Now, what's the skinny, Rowdy, uh, about you know the, what what your opinion is on this trade? Well, I'm curious. Fireisen and Rasmussen. I'm, I'm curious what you thought when you saw the trade, because I saw a lot of backlash right away. Well, I thought for a second, I'm like, wow, are you really giving up on Luis Urias just like that? I know he's had some mental errors and some mistakes. So it was, at first it was, all right, hang on, I just got to toss two people on hold. You guys stay on hold right there. I'll get to you in a second. When I first saw it, Rowdy, then I had to look up uh, the batting average of Adamas because I was like, okay, what's he batting? Uh, I don't think he was brought in for his batting average, even though he did, he did pay off right away on Saturday. But I was a little confused by it because the batting average really wasn't there. But he was already, I guess, good uh, defensively, obviously. Uh, he's been up there as some of the, one of the best. But what's that spell for a couple other big names for the Brewers, especially some guys right now that are chilling down in uh See, I the think minors. the biggest thing that I saw was basically regarding around Urias and Arcia. Like, why did you make the Arcia yeah. trade? Did you already just give up on Urias already? A lot it's, of people saying that Craig, or uh, sorry, David Stearns was already like admitting fault for the Arcia trade and then believing in Luis Urias. And I looked at it probably all Friday night into early Saturday, mm-hmm. just sitting there like kind of thinking, and I, I kind of came to the opinion to go, it's kind of like the same thing when we talked about the Chicago Bears and how you're always trying to look to upgrade your quarterback position or just basically upgrade your team. Yeah. And I would say that's exactly what David Stearns did. He upgraded his team. The current status of the Milwaukee Brewers with that trade, in my opinion, they upgraded it. Now, 
Do you think they're giving up on Luis Arias? You could say that they're giving up on him at shortstop. At but shortstop, I did, yes. But I did peel back some layers of this uh, trade. Did you? And, and I, you find some things that are interesting. Well, how about Urias hitting the dinger on, was that Saturday? Didn't he hit the home run? Urias did? He's yeah, like, he did. He's like, check this out. And Adamas had a hit with some RBIs. Yeah, he did yesterday too. And when I'm looking at the trade, you get Adamas, who is a plus glove, so he goes right into the same category as Arcia yep. and Urias. Now take away, take away those three games where Urias blew up. But he's a plus glove, and he's a guy that's going to hit about 255 with a little bit of pop. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're saying he's a, got a little bit of pop and he's playing at Tropicana Field, if that's still what it's called in Tampa Bay. We'll go with it. That means he comes to American Family Field, and he, he's going to raise those power numbers a little bit. So he's a guy that he's only 25 years old. Yeah. He's still growing into. I thought he was older. Yeah, he's still growing into his professional body, and he should be still growing into his professional body for the next two or three years. He's under contract as well for the next foreseeable future. And like I said, plus glove, he's going to add probably 15 to 20 home runs playing at AmFam for a full season. And you're upgrading that position from what you have right now. He He's better offensively at the major league level than Urias or Arcia has ever been. Yeah. So, I mean, and, he's a great defender. And he also brings you flexibility because he's played a little third base. But now when you look at Urias, why I don't think they're necessarily giving up on him yet. Well, they moved them. Is because if you look at his breakdowns by position, he's played third, he's played second, he's played shortstop. And he's played all three of those positions his entire career. Yeah. His best defensively, and it's not even by it's not even close, it's by far his second base. Yeah. He's got a fielding percentage at second base in his in his entire career that's over ninety-eight percent. So So what I'm thinking is Colton Wong's thirty one years old. Yeah. Colton Wong is not a long term solution at second base. You thinking this is the long term solution? I'm thinking Urias. They're going to hope that he can uh, figure out his hitting and be a more of a consistent hitter. And in two seasons or potentially one, whatever, however it shakes out with Wong. Is Colton Wong a two-year deal or one year with the player option? Uh, See, that's what I'd have to go back and look. But he's for for sure here for this year. And next year, I can't remember. We'll get the research department on it. But anyways, you're not going to re-sign Colton Wong at age 33. No. And and if you do, it's not going to be for a long time. So, so I think you are probably going to move Arias to second base where he's played his best defensive baseball. So how about the, on this? Friday they make that trade, right? And Luis Arias was nothing but a professional to the media, you know, you know fielding questions, uh, fielding them a lot better than he uh, was actually fielding a baseball who had nine errors already in the season. If your workout includes bailing hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Pretty good chance of rain in the forecast today. 80 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine in 72. Thursday, some rain again in the forecast. 55 and Friday, showers around midday possible and 52 are expected high. Kind of a good thing that a lot of our Wisconsin farmers have already almost wrapped up planting. I've got those details coming your way. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Countryside Landmark Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today is the 25th day of May. Kind of deadly as far as aviation history is concerned. On this day in 1979, an American Airlines Flight 191 crashed just after takeoff at O'Hare International Airport. This is one that, if you watch uh, 
the Smithsonian Channel, the Weather Channel. This is the one where the plane literally is uh, almost vertical. Uh, Lost one of its engines that landed on the runway and basically pile drove right into some uh, side streets not too far from O'Hare. Killed all 258 people in the plane and two on the ground on this day back in 1979. On this day, 2002, a China Airliners jumbo jet broke apart in midair, crashed into the Taiwan Strait. And again, no survivors there. So not a good not a good day as far as aviation history is concerned. On this day in 1977, the first Star Wars film was released, George Lucas's epic space opera, one of the most popular works in movie history. And now you know. Well, I want you to know that World Pork Expo is back on for 2021 after basically two years of absence. Got a chance to visit about it with Carrie Rutelic, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Pork Association. She, along with many of our Wisconsin pork producers, will be down at the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines for the big event the first week of June. And she said uh, it is welcome, not just for the quality of the show, but for a chance to get back together and interact with other pork producers. Well, we've been missing out on a lot of the trade information that's available, missing out on networking with other producers, and missing out on just what technology is out there, because there's something new and exciting every single year. And since the the fact is World Pork Expo for the last two years has been canceled due to uh, the potential for African swine fever the first time around and then the pandemic the second time around. And so this has been a hit to the industry um, because the trade show is something that they utilize for funding our advocacy um, issues and nationally. And it's also been one of those things that's been detrimental to our uh, folks that want to learn more uh, about the industry as we're going forward and the opportunity to promote pork to the consumer because they have, they've always had their big grill there and things um, mm-hmm. and, and different things that the consumer can look at. Do you sense a pent-up desire by our pork producers from Wisconsin to get back in that circle? I think there is definitely a desire for uh, folks to get back to World Pork Expo. Um, I talked to Cody McKinley um, about it from National Pork Producers Council, and he's stated that uh, registrations are very high at this point, and they're really looking forward to a tremendous event, even though they will not have live hogs on site during the event. And why did they decide that uh, particular protocol, Carrie? Again, for biosecurity reasons and just the the possibility. They just want to be very cautious about making sure that uh, we don't bring anything into the states or to other producers as we're going through. And so Mm -hmm. the health status of our herds in the United States are of utmost importance. And so they have opted not to have the live shows during World Pork Expo, but of course a lot of our uh, producers have worked together and organizations to put on their shows at different venues um, throughout the summer. So there will still be a lot of shows out there. They just won't be in cooperation with World Pork Expo. Right. Now, some of the tenets of World Pork Expo that you discussed are also going to be discussion points for the Wisconsin Pork Association's annual meeting. Got to be feeling good to be able to get everybody together face-to-face up in Wisconsin Dells again in June. 
Yes, we are hosting our annual meeting on Wednesday, June 2nd at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Uh, one of our uh, main topics is going to be the swine health rule in the state of Wisconsin, and Dr. Neil DeBuse will be our keynote speaker for that event. Along with that, we have four uh, positions open for our board of directors. Uh, so we have some uh, elections to take care of, as well as our national port board delegate election. So we'll be conducting those, um, going through information for our resolutions that help us develop our po- continue to develop our policy on the state level. And then we also have some awards that we'll be um, handing out that day. So we're pretty excited to be able to host that on Wednesday, June 2nd, and there's still time uh, if there's a producer that hasn't registered um, to give us a call and we'll register you for the event. Uh, There's no cost to attend, but if you want a lunch, we need to know if you're coming or not. So give us a call at 608-723-7551 and we'll get you registered. This is a different time of the year for your annual meeting. Is this going to be the new date or the new time frame for the future? No, we will go back to our January slash February time frame in cooperation with Wisconsin corn and soy growers. Um, that's something that we've really enjoyed in the past. It's an opportunity to network uh, our pork producers, who a lot of them grow corn and soybeans as well, um, and get together at, during that function in, in the winter. So we will continue to do that, and we're planning to get together for 2022 um, with uh, at the Corn Soy Pork Expo. Carrie Ritalik, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Pork Association World Pork Expo, back happening at the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines, June 9th through the 11th. And like Carrie said, they're also going to sneak in the Wisconsin Pork Producers Annual Meeting up at the Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells coming up next week. Farmers live and breathe conservation every day as they work with our natural resources. So they are in a prime position to lead the way towards solutions to environmental challenges. Farmers for Sustainable Food unites, inspires, and empowers farmers and others to create a sustainable food system in which farmers, their communities, and the environment thrive. Join them in their mission and become a member today. Farmersforsustainablefood.com I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get moving again, and I'd like to invite you along on our next farm tour. This time, we're headed to America's Southwestern National Parks, the Grand Canyon, Zion Canyon, Bryce Canyon, and everything in between. We'll be traveling September 1st through the 10th. Some of the highlights include exploring the Red Rocks of Arches, also seeing the vistas of the southern rim of the Grand Canyon and the towering spires of Bryce Canyon. In fact, if you call right now, you'll get an opportunity to watch a virtual travel show and save yourself some money. All you need to do is call Holiday Vacations at 888-557-1020. Again, that's 888-557-1020. Or visit their website, HolidayVacations.com, and enter my name, Pam, in the keyword search. Join me on a trip to the Southwest, September 1st through the 10th. Lots of progress as far as spring planting for Wisconsin farmers. As of Sunday, according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, we have 
90% of our corn in the ground. Of that corn that's been planted, 58% has already emerged. 83% of our soybeans have been planted. 38% have been already emerged. Both those numbers, both corn and soybeans, are literally more than 10 days ahead of our five-year average. 96% of our oats also has been planted. And as far as like our pasture conditions and that, pasture conditions, 65% good to excellent. That's an increase in confidence. And the hay, 69% of that, good to excellent. Also up four percentage points in a week. So people feeling a little bit better after a little rain in some areas of the state. In overnight electronic trade, July corn's down four. December corn down four at 536 and a quarter. July soybeans are up nine and a half. November beans up just a penny at 1363. July wheat's down almost two at 660 and a half. Barrel cheese yesterday dropped two and three quarter cents to 158. 40 pound block cheese was down four at 153. Double A butter down a nickel at $1.82 per pound. This morning, June milk is down four at 17.51 a hundredweight. July milk currently nine cents lower, 18.07 a hundredweight. What's happening in the markets this morning? John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, our live guest next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When should you pull the plug on your old car? Never love anything that can't love you back. This is Jeff Dunn from Dunn's Import. We are always monitoring your car for safety and maintenance needs. This is very important for you to have professional guidance about how to spend your money wisely and for the best value. We don't want you to throw money into a car that has no future or is unsafe. Visit Dunn'sImport.com today. Let us show you the true value of a good automotive technician and repair shop. There have been multiple instances of scammers impersonating Madison police officers and detectives. A 27-year-old man told officers he was contacted by MPD officer Rick Foster and the caller ID displayed the MPD North District's main number. The victim was asked to send money through a money app. The victim later confirmed with MPD that this was a scam and nobody by the name of Rick Foster is employed with MPD. These types of calls are scams with people impersonating the authorities and conjuring up different schemes to fool people into giving them money. Remember, scammers can spoof your caller ID. Please visit the Federal Trade Commission Consumer Information website for more details on these types of scams and steps you can take to protect yourself. If you have any information regarding similar scams, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. You already know that worms approve of our shredded topsoil, but did you know that seeds also love our special blend of garden mix? It's packed with nutrients that plants need to grow to their full potential. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com for delivery, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Then watch that garden grow with tons of fresh vegetables or beautiful plants and flowers. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, he speaks. He speaks. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is speaking this morning, and so is John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin, our live guest as we roll our way through a Tuesday. And it's always good to talk with John, get a little sense of what's going on in the marketplace. So let's go right to the Crop Progress Report, John. I made mention that Wisconsin farmers, wow, holy smokes, with this dry weather that we've had, we're probably almost two weeks or better ahead of our five your average on corn and beans. What else did you notice about the crop progress report this week? Well, a couple things really jumped out and probably the biggest one that may be moving the market a little bit this morning. We've had some rain come across that northern plains, but we got our first ratings on those spring wheat acres and things came in at 45% good to excellent, which is not very good. The market was expecting that to be closer to 57% or pushing that 60 level. Uh, Last year, we're at 80% good to excellent. So again, reflecting what they've been dealing with is historic dryness up in that region. Now, we did pick up some moisture up in there and forecast are going to probably keep that intact for a couple more days here. Uh, But then I'm looking at those longer range models and they're starting to dry out again, unfortunately, for that region. You know, they may be getting a little bit of help here now, but we'll have to see how that plays out. So I know the markets, at least in terms of corn and beans, too, on top of that, are counting on that area for some key acreage that we need for the supply picture coming this fall. Yeah, and that's uh, that's where everybody's eyes going to kind of be focused. Now, I was uh, mentioning John off air. I just kind of glanced yesterday to see where a lot of the U.S. export sales have been going. And man, you just cannot deny that China is the gorilla. China is the beast. Yeah, they're the bully. Uh, they're definitely in the markets, and that's something that's going to be something we got to keep an eye on. You know, obviously, the last couple of weeks here, since the 1st of May, they've picked up over 400 million bushels of new crop corn and a pretty strong buying campaign here. Uh, I still think they're actually probably step in and pick up some more here soon. Uh, we're watching what's happening with that Brazil crop, and, and things are falling apart down there as we continue to see yield estimates and projections come down. China's going to be looking for that corn right at the first part of the fall and that's why they're stepping into that u.s market and at the same time you know they're still going to stay active in other commodities now they're kind of messing with the markets a little bit over there in terms of commodity prices that sometimes has a little bit of a ripple effect on our side you got some news articles out today trying to control some of the speculators and things of that nature in their markets uh so trying to get prices under control uh so we'll have to continue to watch that but right now they're in the marketplace they're looking for commodities regardless what it is and that's one of the things that's been pushing these markets higher yeah uh, it's uh, it's just amazing to kind of watch some of this unfold. I know that you also keep an eye on what's going on as far as livestock's concerned, John. I want to talk about that because now we're getting more momentum from associations, including the American Farm Bureau Federation, elected officials that now want a full-out investigation in the disparity between what's happening with consumer prices, what's happening with our cutout value, and then what's happening at the farm gate. What are you hearing there? Yeah, well, recently we've had basically a historic meeting. We got so the cattle associations uh, kind of getting together, and that's something uh, that's been hard for them to do is to sit down and, and just get into agreement on certain topics and issues. But obviously, this one is one that they're finding a unified front. They put together a letter to the uh, to representatives and things of that nature in government, trying to get the Department of Justice involved, and let's look at some basically. 
uh, some price fixing or whatever you want to term it in that gauge, because right now we're looking at cattle margins for the Packers are pushing almost a thousand dollars ahead. Choice carcass values are extremely high. There's obviously complaints that the lines are slow because of labor issues and maybe keeping prices artificially inflated, but those prices aren't coming back to the producer. And that's where the question marks are. You know, we got cattle industry is struggling with high grain costs and they're not getting the cash market on the backside, but here's the, the Packers are, you know, basically a small group of individuals that are in charge of the meat packing industry kind of got a lid on where things can go in terms of price and movement and they're the ones benefiting at this time frame so we'll see if something comes out of that you know it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out here uh in terms of does the government step in and, and you know mandate some different types of policies a lot of questions that need to be answered yet still with that overall yeah uh, well and like i said I, I probably get more emails from producers about that situation these days than almost anything else what else is on your radar, John, we're rolling toward a three-day weekend, uh, end of the contract months. Help people understand the technical things that are rolling behind the scenes we might want to keep an eye on. Well, obviously, you know, in the grain markets, the focus is all going to be about weather. That's where the weakness has been coming from recently. One little thing to keep an eye on as we move into June, what happens with the cash market basis? Corn basis for the Gulf is staying aggressive. That'll keep that market somewhat supported overall. The bean market's falling apart a little bit because the basis has calmed down, but we're starting to see some footing maybe getting built back up there again as we're, you know, moving more to a domestic market. Biggest outside market I'm watching today is the U.S. dollar. We are breaking through... Uh, some new time nearby lows, probably going to go challenge the lows for 2021. And if that breaks through, that could really open up these markets again for some money flow. You know, as those inflation fears continue to rumble out there. And obviously, you know, going to the grocery store, you can see that uh, on a daily basis that co- things are costing a little bit more. Yeah. And that's that's uh, part of the bigger conversation. It's not just agriculture paying attention on that. Uh, so, uh, again, like we said, what's the next big crop report? Isn't that out like uh, next week? To get us geared up? Yeah, we'll get the June numbers here, the first part of June. Usually not that much of a mover. It'll be probably much of kind of a repeat of what we saw in May. But then obviously the focus then this market will really start shifting to what's that acre number going to be at the end of the month, the grain stocks at the end of June. You know, obviously the talk of the market right now is corn acres are going up. Bean market's kind of gotten forgotten about in those acres, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, So the market's probably been pricing in, you know, obviously more than the 91 million acres on the corn side. So that's going to be some clarity. You know, and then from there, we'll deal with uh, the, the, you know, those acres for the summer in terms of how the USDA figures out the balance sheets. So that's going to be a pre- pretty key report and a big report going forward. Yeah, I would guess. Give us the quick contact information for you, John. I got a feeling that with the thin volumes later this week, people may need you to hold their hand if we see a lot of sell off again. Sure. I'd love to chat with them anytime. Give me a call at 800-334-9779 or shoot me an email at John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. And again, don't forget about that website, totalfarmmarketing.com. A lot of great information there for producers to take a look at as well as uh, my bio. Feel free to shoot me an email. All right, my friend. I guess we'll catch up with you. We'll have to talk it through a three-day weekend, but I still want you along next week. All right. Sounds great. We'll look forward to talking to you next Tuesday. Okay. John Heinberg, joining us live this morning from Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Like he said, uh, tap into the phone number. You can send him an email. You can check out that website, whatever's easiest for you. Good luck on your Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report.